everybody. Welcome to MMA Roasted. Uh, it's me, Adam Hunter. I am your host. Uh, it's going to be me and Joe the Kid Perez today. CB is a doctor appointment, um, so he can't make it. But uh, And then Hanato is going to Chicago next week, and Greg Wilson has this new job writing for a, a game show. Oh, me did and you ask him to come on this week? Uh, yeah, me and Greg are cool again. Uh, but he uh, he has this – He mostly he's like busy Monday to Friday. But um, – but anyway, it's me and you, Joe. It's going to be a great show. Uh, we have Colby Covington we're going to be talking to, right. badass fighter, as well as Andre the Bull Harrison, who's now the WSOF champ. We were f- talking to Andre back before he, when he was Titan, when he was 6-0. <laughs> now he's, I think, 14-0, and uh, and he's on his way. He just beat Lance Palmer, which is no uh, easy task. Lance Palmer is a monster. So first, I want to talk to you about the boatload of money you could make betting this week at mybookie.ag. If you haven't checked them out, this is the perfect time to get on the action. The March Madness is here. Lay down some money and score big on college hoops. Join me and thousands of online players and start betting at mybookie.ag. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when asking for a payout? That was honestly the, my biggest concern with other companies that I've used. Is just, okay, you win. You finally win, and now you got to beg to get paid. Well, that's not the case with MyBookie. Okay, I'd only recommend a service. It's been good to me and our listeners. Uh, check it. Uh, make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. Fast and without any hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. And check it out. They even have in-game live betting. So you can place a bet after tip-off. Join now, and MyBookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. That's right. If you join with $100, you get an extra $50 bankroll to play with. How cool is that? Use promo code MMA50. Uh, to activate the offer. So visit my bookie today or call 1-844-900-BETS. Play, win, and get paid. Also, guys, you got to check out Blue Apron. Okay, they have, check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash MMA roast. Uh, you'll love how good it feels, how good it tastes. You'll be able to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. Don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash MMA roast. Uh, a couple of things I want to talk about. I just got back from Calgary. I uh, did shows. It was crazy. Um, Calgary, I love Canadian audiences. Uh-huh. They, they, they don't get offended. They, they laugh. Uh, they, um, they have a good time. They, they treat me like family. It was one of the clubs where at the end of the show, the owner makes everyone a home-cooked meal. Are you serious? Uh, not everyone in the audience, but oh. like the comics. <laughs> oh, my God. <dang. laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he's like Egyptian. He's super cool. Uh, so I had a good time at the Comedy Cave. Somebody handed me a joint uh, after the show. They handed me a, a pre-roll joint and, okay. and asked if I wanted to smoke. I normally don't like smoking with people in the audience if I don't know them because if you don't know somebody, I just don't like – I don't know. I'm just Maybe it's me. I get maybe I'm the same I'm, way. But like if I know you, I'll, I'll smoke. Right. You know. But if I don't know you, um, I just because you know, normally I'll, I'll smoke, and then after I'm high, people start telling me their opinions on comedy, or who their <laughs> favorite comics are, or you know their opinions on Amy Schumer, or whatever it is. And I just I can't get out of the conversation, and then it's just time just goes. But he gave me a joint. It was, it was nice. I actually didn't even get a chance to even smoke it because I was. Uh, uh, in the comedy condo, but uh, you can't smoke in the condo. Uh, you can, but they, they don't like it, and it's just whatever. Uh, but thank you for the joint. It was a very nice gesture. Uh, <laughs> and if, so then I came home Monday. Um, uh, it was one of those things. I had a six a.m. flight back Monday morning, layover in Seattle for three hours, and then the flight was two hours late. Finally get back. I do a show Monday night at the Dime Bar, uh, which went really well. It was a fun, fun crowd. And then that night I went to uh, 
I actually hit up Donnell Rawlings. I'm like, hey, want to do a set? He's like, no, man, but come to this after party, Dave Chappelle's Netflix comedy uh, after, uh, release party. Wow. So I go there. Chappelle's on stage with a band, and uh, it was awesome. Uh, Stevie Wonder was there. Are you serious? I actually miss Stevie Wonder, but he's like, Kanye's here, Tyler the Creator. I, I mean, they were all there, but I kind of – but it was so it was Were cool. you the only white guy there? No, there was a lot of white people, uh, people that worked at for, like for Netflix. And uh, oh, okay. there was – like, <laughs> The nerds at Netflix. <laughs> but it was cool. Like Chappelle was nervous about his special. He was talking about it on stage, like you know how people were going to perceive it. Mm-hmm. So I went home and watched it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was awesome. Uh, did you watch it yet? Not yet. I watched the first one. I didn't watch the second one, but the first one was great. So what did, he did like two, like two sort of specials, right? Yeah, back to back. I think he spaced them out. Six months apart. Okay. Uh, the first one was really, really good. I mean, it was it was vintage Chappelle. Some people got offended because he, you know, made fun of transgenders or made fun of other. You know, like it's ridiculous comedians are. We're not, uh, you know, teachers. I mean, we're teachers of, of of laughter, but we're not. You're not. This is not your uh, college campus. It, it, they were comedians. Our mm-hmm. job is to make people laugh, and people that get offended, like you're not going to like what everybody has to say. Uh, but we're artists and it's like saying oh I didn't like that that song because you know you you touch upon certain things and that's just what comedy is you don't like it don't fucking it's like going to a baseball game and saying oh I got hit with a foul ball you were at the fucking baseball game (laughs) what do you expect the intention was not to get you with a foul ball but that I'm sure Chappelle's intention was not to offend people he he was supposed to be funny and be entertaining Mm. when you play baseball the, the player's intention is to be entertaining but you might get hit with a foul ball you might get offended by certain shit it's just like this S, this it's not the SJW social justice warrior comedy tour. It's just not. It's not. Uh, and there are comics that do that. Go see with Jamie Kilstein. Uh, he was a fucking social justice warrior. We we saw how that turned out. So uh, <laughs> you know that's the thing. These people, you know, you want to go judge comedy, and you know some people, you know. And the thing is, it's, this is what Chappelle's six hour, especially co- comics that are that are coming after Amy Schumer or Chappelle publicly. Look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But when you start saying it publicly, like I saw all these comics online, Amy Schumer's special suck, and Amy Schumer. And look, did I, 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 I haven't watched Amy Schumer's special. I've watched like bits and pieces, and I heard it was not the greatest special, mm. okay? But it is like her third or fourth special. So that being said, you know, it's her fourth. Sometimes, you know, bands come out with four albums. You don't like the third one, but you like the sixth one or seventh one. You know, that being said, a lot of times the comics that are publicly shitting on the special uh, were comics that I've seen that have like seven minutes of material uh, and not even seven good minutes. I like me. <laughs> like, well, uh, yeah, I mean, were, did, were you trashing no, the special? No, I'm just kidding. But, but people are. They're going like, I'm like, bro, didn't I see you at the fucking bomb at, uh, you know, Betsy's Bukaki factory? Right. I, I mean, and now you're going to... So anyway, it's just kind of weird. It's and, weird for a comic to sort of trash on another comic when you know the journey. You know what it's like to bomb in front of people. You know what it's like to yeah. suck. So it's... it's You got to show respect when you're in this industry. I, I mean, I guess... You, I mean, you know, obviously you're entitled to your opinion and, you know, you, you're... But at the same time, it's weird. It's weird having seeing comics bash it when you know personally the comics and mm-hmm. what, what their act's like. And right. it's like, whoa. Anyway... Uh, that being said, uh, so I came back to the show um, Tuesday night at the time again. This week I'm in San Diego. I'm excited. Uh, and then we have, I have marriage counseling, doing the, the pre-marriage counseling. 
which is weird because I've never even been. It's not my second time ever being in an actual church before. It's in church by oh, our pastor no. with like seven other couples. Oh no! And then we have to fill out like the blanks, and it's just. It's as a comic, it's tempting to be like, you know, uh, the most important thing between a, a man and a woman is, and I, you know, I want to put like good blowjobs, but I, yeah. <laughs> you're the church, no? <laughs> yeah, I'm in the church, but uh, that's what I'm thinking, or you know, saying it. At the same time, this is, I'm not really, I'm not Christian, so I'm, I'm Jewish. Right. I don't know if I'll get in trouble for doing that, but that's not really what I should be doing. But I am learning a lot, and Bree wants me to do it. It's important to her that I do mm-hmm. it, so that's why I'm doing it, and. You know, she's look. It's important to her. She's uh, she's Christian. She goes to a church group. She's she Bible study. She's into that. You know, that's that's something that she's into. I'm not necessarily very religious. I'm not. I'm Jewish, but like like Mark Maron says, I'm Jewish. You know, um, <laughs> I'm not. Religion is not that important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more Jewish by guilt, being that if we were in Germany in World War Two, during World War Two, I'd be one of the guys rounded up to be killed. So it's sort of like, you know, I, I <laughs> but. I'm not, I don't go to temple. I, I think I've been maybe to temple a handful of times since my, since my bar mitzvah. But it's important to her. It's important to, uh, to Brie. So that's cool. And plus, she's not like, she doesn't, have, she doesn't try to convert me. She that's re- good. That's an important part. She re- respects it. You know, she respects that I'm not, I do believe in God. I have faith in God. I just, everything along with it. I'm just not really that, you know. And have you guys uh, talked about when you have kids in the future, are, is she going to, the kids are going to go on her side with the I, Christianity? I think, well, she's going to take the kid to church and she says, right. well, I'll go to temple with you, but I don't want to go to temple. So now, <laughs> so now I have to go to temple to even out her, her, Christi- her, her churchness, you know, or her Christianity. So oh, I'm, I'm only going to compete with that, which is probably not the reason to go. Right. At the same time, it's like, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, how are you doing? What's going on with you? Well, it's been a what a couple weeks since I've been on the show. Talked yep. about my my stories, um, but I've, I have really been calmed down with the the Tinder. I've completely gone off Tinder. Nice, because I met a girl at school in mm. person. Okay, right, and that's very rare for me to meet a girl in person. Normally, nowadays, it's all on the internet, all Tinder, okay, Cupid, all that nonsense. So now, when I meet a girl in person, I got to make sure that I can do everything right and keep her within my grasp. Right. Okay. So you guys dating? Uh, we've been on a few dates, but we're not like boyfriend girlfriend. Where we are sort of like dating. We see her yes. every single day at school too. Okay, but that's not really seeing someone just being in their class. But uh, so yeah. you went out four or five dates with her. Have you yes. kissed her? Oh, we've already had sex. Okay, there you go. Boom. Nice. But it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like an awkward thing though, because like when you, I've only known her for like two weeks when we made love. Right. right. Well, you didn't really make love. You had sex, but go on. Yeah. So I've only known her for two weeks, but after that, we sort of just act like it didn't happen. Right? Is that kind of like a weird thing? Uh, to do? That that happens, man. Especially when you're rug. 21 years old, you just turned 21. Yeah. And then in college, that happens. But I was trying to actually think back to what I was doing when I was 21, and that's pretty normal. I think that you, I mean, if you like her, she's basically became like a fuck buddy to you as of now. But that's the thing. You see someone for a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you keep, if you like her. You eventually say to her, listen, I would like to only see you, um, and, and in which case, maybe she feels the same way. Mm-hmm. Normally, one person wants to do that, and the other person doesn't, and that's what fucks everything up. Right. Normally, one person wants it more than the other thing. But if it's only been two weeks, I would relax, you know, um, still hang out with her, right. and just keep – eventually, it just it kind of steamrolls itself into like, you're my girlfriend. But that's – you know, five or six months in, right. uh, I would assume, or a couple. It could be less. Because I always assume that when you meet a girl and you have sex, like right away, it sort of ruins like any possibilities of having a stable relationship. It can, with it that can. Person. I mean, like, it depends how you think about it, man. There was a girl one time, uh, this like stripper, 
uh, from, I think, Hungary or something, or I don't know where. She's from Denmark. And I took her home, like, from the strip club, basically. And we ended up having sex the first night. And then she's like, okay, now you have to date me. Mm-hmm. And you have to treat me right and take me out. Uh, I'm not going to have sex with you for a couple weeks. I'm like, but what do you, we just had sex. She's like, well, I wanted to make sure you were good. But there was no point of actually, you know, have, uh, going all, for a couple days if you, if you were going to suck in bed, which was a, a European way of thinking. And <laughs> may, maybe, maybe for the better. That's sort of like trying out a car, a test drive before you buy the car. Mm-hmm. However, that's not the way most girls are. Um, and, and I don't think it ruins it. I just think that the sex does get better the more comfortable you get with the person. It can get worse. I mean, there are times where, you know, the first couple nights have been fucking crazy and then the per- one person gets lazy or bored or fat or out of shape mm-hmm. and the other person doesn't. But I know um, with the right person, it, it gets better because the girl gets more creative. Maybe she'll like, you know, st- start bringing in t- toys or uh, other people. No, I'm kidding. But, but <laughs> other so, people. So that's uh, – I was thinking about my 20s, man. I mean, you're you, – you, Joe, you are a very – in some ways, you're a mess, uh, <laughs> a complete disaster of a person. Uh-huh. But in other ways, you you really have your shit together. I mean, you go to jujitsu every day. You're in school. You know podcasts. You hang out with adults. You hang out with Joey Diaz. You hang yeah. out with me. You hang out with other people. Like you're doing comedy, uh, but you should be doing comedy more. I know. I do need to be doing stand up at least like five times a week. And how long are you getting up right now? A few times a week at the That's most. not bad. A few times isn't bad. Right. But you got to pay your dues, man. That's the problem with this millennial fucking <laughs> culture. I know I sound like the old man, but these guys, you know, when I was doing comedy, uh, when I was 21 and I was decided this is what I want to do, you know, by the time I was 23, I was getting up every night of the week. Uh, I mean, there, there were weeks I've gone up 10 times a night. I mean, 10 times a week, sometimes 15 times a week. You got to do That's it. great. But now it's this whole fucking... YouTube culture. I mean, there was a guy that saw me in Calgary that was like, hey, man, uh, I, I saw this guy, Danny Boy. I don't know who Danny Boy is. I don't know if he's good or bad. I'm just telling you what was relayed to me was somebody said, hey, you know, he, he got big on YouTube. And the whole time during his set, he was like, okay, 20 more minutes to go. All right, 50. He was doing a countdown. Of he was like headlining probably. Headlining huh? a fucking arena. Arena? Yeah, I mean, a huge fucking civic center. Huge. Huge. But, you know, the, YouTube will get you in the fucking room. But the, the grind, you have to embrace the grind. Right. And that's what these young kids don't want to do. They want the, they want the accolades. They want to say, I'm a comedian, they, but they don't want to fucking do the work. And the work sucks. It does. The work fucking is brutal. I was thinking back, uh, back when I was like 20 years old, when I was your age, 21, mm-hmm. I was cleaning toilets. I was unclogging toilet at the New York Comedy Club and putting chairs away every night. You know how much money I was getting paid? Zero. Nothing. I wasn't getting paid a fucking dollar, right? My, my payment was I got to go up once or twice a week at the New York Comedy Club if I hung out there. And I'll never forget, this is a pretty crazy story. So uh, at the end of the show, they're supposed to have these prom shows where the prom comes in after the prom at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Like a high school prom? High school prom. 3 o'clock in the morning, a fucking, 2 o'clock, a limo pulls up, and the kids want to see a comedy show after partying and doing whatever else. That's big in New York. Okay. So the limo was late. They had five comics that were ready to go. And I was – they're like, hang out, Adam. Maybe we'll give you two minutes or three minutes, right? Two minutes. And two minutes. Yeah, that's all I had at that time. Okay. And then it, the limo was late. Everybody went home. All of a sudden, the limo pulls up. This guy, Ozzy. Rest in peace, Ozzy. He was like the first guy to book me. He lived downstairs in the comedy club on a fucking mattress, right? Mm-hmm. He was the manager. Big coke problem, but good guy. <laughs> right? So he said to me, Adam, how much time do you have? 
I said, I got two minutes. He goes, can you do 45? I said, yeah. I said, fuck it. Yeah, I said, fuck yeah. Let's do it. I didn't even know people even did 45 minutes. I, I thought, like, I didn't know that that was even possible. So this fucking group of kids come in, right? And he sits them down, and Ozzy goes on first, and he's doing pretty well. He's actually doing well. The kids are laughing. They don't, these kids have never been to a comedy club before. They don't even know what's fucking funny, but they were laughing, right? Then he goes, look, all right, this next comic has been on HBO, Comedy Central. I'm looking behind me to see like, who, the, oh, fuck, where's he who at? the fuck showed up. And he goes, <laughs> Adam Hunter, right? It was actually, my name was Adam Greenberg back then. That's my real name. So I go up there, right? And I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm killing. Because I'm 20 years old. These kids are 17, 18. So I'm just talking about whatever the fuck I think's funny. And they, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Talking about homework and stuff. Whatever. Fucking pussy, college <laughs> pussy, and fucking frat parties, or whatever. I was like, high school chicks. I mean, I was, I was right there, you know, behind the music or whatever I was talking about. Mm-hmm. So then afterwards, the kids were smoking a joint outside. And they go, hey, you want a hit? And I go, sure. So I take a hit and they go, oh my God. We, we just smoked with Adam Greenberg. Like, I'm a celebrity. They didn't know that I was... Actually, while I was on stage, people were dropping things. I'm like, hey, can you pick that up? Because I knew that I'd have to pick that up afterwards. Like, they didn't oh realize... Oh, my God. So then, right? Then I get a phone call uh, next day from Ozzy. Hey, man, I couldn't believe what you did last night. I talked to a booker. We're going to send you on the road. You're opening up for, for Gemini, right? I don't know who the fuck Gemini is, but sure, right? He goes, get... Go on the, the West Side Highway on 8th Avenue and whatever in like, uh, in like two hours. I pack my bags. You're on to Virginia Beach. I'm thinking the fucking beach, chicks, pussy. I've made it. Yeah. Keep in mind, he goes, and you need to get paid. I've never been paid before in my life. And you're 20 years old. You're 20 years old. I, so I go on the West Side Highway. This fucking van pulls up, right? With this fucking Italian guy named Lomb- Gemini. His name is uh, something Lombardi, right? He goes, uh, <laughs> He goes, hey, hop in, right? He pulls my shit in the back. He, he opens up the back. There's a chicken in the back, right? A chicken. A chicken. Or, or, uh, and uh, there's a rabbit. Actually, a, a, a rabbit and a, and, a, and a fucking chicken. And he picks up. There's an egg. He fucking, oh, shit. I didn't even realize. He throws the fucking egg out. The guy was a fucking magician. I didn't even know. Oh. So he had all these props in the back, right? Which are farm animals yeah, in his van. Yeah, farm animals, right? And like dummies, ventriloquist dummies. So I hop in. We drive to Virginia Beach, right? The first, first show ever first show uh we go we like we, uh, we show up and there's all these it's like a uh, a hotel with all these black people right i mean like southern black and he goes up there i go up i bomb fucking horrifically mm-hmm. right because these aren't college kids and i don't i don't have i, I have two minutes of material uh, so i stretch out into seven and then he goes up there and he has this black dummy named Sonny, and he whips it out and all of a sudden i hear Oh shit! Like <laughs> black people were really offended that they hit a life-size fucking black dummy, and then he kind a of life-size black dummy. Yeah, and he started throwing his voice, and I'm like, we're gonna get fucking killed. Like, like he just whipped out. We're in the fucking south, Italian guy, and he he did okay. He actually they, he kind of they kind of left, but uh, that week it was like the best week of my life. We stayed at a condo. We did Kazi's Comedy Club in Newport News, and that was my first actually like road gig ever. And you weren't traumatized by it. No, he he he, he, he guy was funny. He told me the story how he used to drive around with this dummy in like the passenger seat, you know. And then one time he hit something and his van was on fire. And he said he he, he said he, he like goes out and he's watching his fucking van burn, right? And the whole neighborhood's out watching this, right? Fucking sirens. So he's watching his shit burn, and he goes, "Oh my god, my fucking my dummy, Sonny, right? So this thing's like <laughs> worth, worth, this thing is worth ten thousand dollars at the time. So he fucking runs in, he grabs the dummy, right, and he's bringing it out, and the thing is so burnt, the fucking body 
fucking goes and everyone thinks it's a real kid people think he just saved a black kid they're like oh my god he just saved a black kid child <laughs> and the fucking the thing gets de- decapitated right and, uh, people are uh, screaming fucking horrified they don't realize this is not a fucking this is a ventriloquist dummy and he said he goes around throwing his voice like I'm okay I'm okay so yeah so that's what is, uh, that's one of the funniest stories I've ever heard in my that, life that fucking, has to be in a movie somehow uh, I'm, I'm gonna write it you gotta day. put that in a movie so anyway so that's uh, but anyway paying your dues is what was my point yes uh, I, I can't tell you how many times I've bombed I've lost count I can't tell how many, how many times I've failed I've lost count but people don't want they don't you know they, they want to become Twitter Twitter comics where you, you're funny on Twitter you're funny on YouTube and you're fun, but that's not fucking comedy mm-hmm. a lot of people can be funny on Twitter and a lot of people can be funny on YouTube but getting in front of an audience every fucking night and saying please laugh at me this is what I find funny is hard and yes. it sucks and you don't make any money for a long time. Mm-hmm. But if you love it, if you love it, it's worth it. Right. And uh, sometimes little also, you know, I mean, but I think of quitting. Fuck yeah. I think of, I'm like, well, yeah, what, what am I? I've been doing this for 20 years. You know, uh, where's the fucking, where's my special? Where's this? Where's that? And you, you can get caught up in that. Absolutely. You can get caught up. But then you go, Okay. Do I love what I'm doing? Yes. Do I make people laugh? Yes. I mean, I did a show in Calgary. Somebody came up to me. They're like, hey, man, I'm with my friend, my brother. He has brain surgery. He's got six months to live. You made him laugh for the first time. I can't thank you enough. Like, when someone tells me that, like, something like that, like, okay, this is what I was put on this earth to do. Uh, last week, somebody hit me up saying, hey, man, you talked about your OCD. I suffer from that, too. Thank you. That's, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, to me, that's worth more than 10 grand for a gig. Right. I mean, I still would like the ten grand, but, but, <laughs> but it's still that's the kind of shit that's priceless. It keeps you going. Keeps me going. Beyond keeps me going. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, but it you reminds had, you why you got into this business in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the problem also is that you know people, it's success is is viewed so many different ways. You know, some people view success as okay, you're making it when you're on Netflix, or you're making it when you're on Comedy Central, or you've made. But then you go, okay, well. I make a living doing what I love. That's making it. Mm-hmm. Most people don't. Most people get called into work. They go, fuck, I have to work today. I'm like, fuck, I get to work today. Yes. Like, right. I'm begging for fucking work. Not begging, but that's why I want to work. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is that fucking MMA podcast. <laughs> I know. Not a, it's been like we, 45 minutes. Weird fucking spiritual fucking <laughs> sorry. All right. Let's talk about uh, BJ Penn is fighting Dennis Seaver. Uh, at first, I was like, come on, BJ. Why? Why do we keep doing this to ourselves? You're, you're not, you're, you are the best. You're one of the best. You're in the top five of all time. You're the prodigy. You beat Matt Hughes two out of three times. I believe it was two out of three. Uh, you, beat, you beat so many great people. You're the man. You went up a weight class and won a title. But what are we doing now? Then I think, okay, he's not fighting Gary Rodriguez. He's not fighting a young guy, a young prime guy. He's fighting Dennis Seaver. He's old, right? Dennis Seaver's also old. Passes prime. All right, I'll take it. I'd rather not see DBJ Penn get taking more punishment. I've hung out with the guy. He's a fucking cool ass dude. One of the highlights of my life was uh, doing a comedy show and having BJ Penn and Matt Hughes and Cub Swanson in the front row for when I did the UFC gym Christmas party. How do you not get nervous for those shows? Oh, I was, I was. They were dying laughing. I go, uh, Matt Hughes. I didn't notice you without BJ Penn's nuts in your mouth, and, <laughs> and like it was one of the funniest. I, that was awesome. And BJ gave me a huge hug afterwards, and like that was awesome. 
That was, but at the same time, I don't want to see punchy BJ Penn. Uh, so I don't, I don't mind it now that it's Dennis Seaver. Also, uh, UF, uh, Bellator is now doing a pay per view. Um, is there a first pay per view? No, they've done it before, but they're having Chael fight Vanderlei Silva on it. It's June 24th. They am getting married. And then, wow. so, and so Chael's not going to be at my wedding, I guess. Uh, but then, uh, unless Vandy pulls out, but then, uh, my girl was like, you please don't watch the fight during our wedding, <laughs> which I hadn't even thought about. And but, now you're thinking of how you can watch it. No, I know. I'm not watching the fight, but it's funny that she actually – she thought about that before I did. <laughs> um, I was wait, like, wait, that's at Madison Square Garden, right? MSG. Wow. Uh, and it's a good card. Uh, I think Chael should, Chael should win. I think – look, I heard with the Tito fight – that was a kind of a short notice fight for him. He was not in shape. He wasn't in fighting shape. He didn't. That was not the best. He also fought a bigger guy. I guess Vandy also could be a bigger guy. But uh, I think Chael could beat Vanderlei Silva. I don't know how much Vandy has left, but Chael has not looked good in his last couple fights. So you're like, eh. I mean, we're talking about he didn't look good against Tito. He didn't look good against John Jones. He didn't look good against Rashad Evans. You're like, ah, come on. At the same time, I think I think he can beat Vandy, and I. I I'll allow it. I uh, do want to see it. But if he doesn't beat Vandy, all right, man. Like, we're too talented, Chael. we got too much going on. Doesn't he have, like, six fights coming up in Bellator or yeah, something like something that? Yeah, something ridiculous. Uh, they're also saying Fedor is going to fight um, uh, Matt Mitrione on that card. Another card. Uh, another oh, thing. that's good. Yeah, but another, you know, like, what Fedor are, are, are like, we going to see, you know, uh, is this going to be this Fedor that fought Fabio Maldonado? <laughs> like, that looked horrible. I don't know. But once again, yes. It, uh, yeah, yeah, of course I'll, I'm going to watch this after my wedding the next morning. <laughs> for free. Uh, for free. I'll no. <laughs> no. But uh, Phil Davis and Bader, that's an interesting fight because I still think Phil Davis is in his prime. And Ryan Bader looked great against uh, Ayer Latifi. Knocked him out uh, with a with – a, Great flying knee. So that's a good fight. Um, so I, what I do hope, though, is that they put some of these, some of these young guys on that card, some of Bellator's younger fighters. Uh, if they, hopefully, they'll put MVP on that card. Hopefully, they'll put um, the national champion who's uh, lost a one fight to the guy from Guam, uh, who's uh, Dario uh, Caldwell. You know, Hopefully they'll put some of those guys, and even hopefully they'll put another. Uh, what's the name on that card? Chandler, because I think that's where that's the future. of That would be a great card, man. That's the future of that of that company, right? Um, Chael versus Vandy, you know, not the what? <laughs> okay, okay, I gotta. So anyway, uh, as we're calling Andre Harrison, I put a. Uh, I'm actually looking for my, my 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 dad can't watch my dog anymore. It's just too much for him. I thought he moved back to New York. No, no, he's still out here, but he can't. He, he told me out, and I can't do April. You know, and it, it is. It's hard. My dad's older. He's seventy years old, and he's gonna walk him at night. And my dog, you know, hates other dogs, attacks dogs, and you know, he's using pit bull fighting. So I gotta find. I put a post on Facebook. Can somebody watch my dog while I'm away? Uh, and I'll, I will pay that person. And Jesse Jess, uh, the fighter, she said she would do it, which is cool. Uh, I like Jess, Jess a lot. And then Mayhem Miller <laughs> said, I'm in. I mean, the only thing about that is I'll be able to see my plays on the news. But I don't I – mean, and I don't like my landlord people. Like, they're just kind of dicks, the guy downstairs. So <laughs> there's this, I'm tempted. But who knows what could happen. I mean, Would you feel comfortable with Mayhem Miller watching your dog or even no. just staying at your apartment? 
No, I mean, based on... No. Oh, come on. We, do, we might have to call that dude from Twitter. Uh, who said, what was that? We'll have to call that dude from Twitter who said... He said, everybody we call on the podcast never picks up. And he said, we'll just call him. Uh, yeah, yeah. I happen to know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he happens to be a nice guy, Kyle. I actually... Funny, because every time I'm on Periscope, he's like, Adam, guess what? I'm like, what? He's like, my balls are in, are in the toilet or something. Oh, <laughs> something ridiculous, right? And I'm, so I meet this nice guy and the girl... And then he's like, and as he's leaving, he goes, Adam, guess what? I go, what? He goes, my balls were in the toilet. And walks away. I'm like, that's you, motherfucker. Like, he seems so normal. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I'm calling Andre Harrison. He's not picking up. I guess now that he's the champion, he's too good for us. These guys, you know, I remember Cody No Love, before he was the champion, said to me, uh, he, after, before, no, before his first, after his first fight, I was trying to help him out. He's like, hey, man, can you retweet this thing? I'm trying to get people to watch my first fight in the UFC. I said, no problem. I go, when you're big, you know, give MMA Roasted a shout out. Still has not happened from the octagon. It's coming, though. Yeah. I can feel it. Can you feel it? I can feel uh, Cody Lolo is going to be in studio very shortly. I, I, like, I happen to like that guy. So him versus Dillashaw. Him versus Dillashaw. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, and now, there's, and now he's saying that uh, Dillashaw uh, in practice – Gave somebody a concussion or something, or like retired him. He made some kind of a weird cryptic tweet. Like in sparring or something? Yeah, in sparring, which I assume is Chris Holdsworth, who won the Ultimate Fighter, who was, I guess got hurt in sparring. So, but yeah. TJ didn't do it on purpose, did he? Uh, no, but according to Cody, it was like. Uh, Kind of a strange tweet. This is like um, the weirdest like shit talking between these two guys. Like, uh, no love is saying he has a tape on Dillashaw getting knocked out. Remember? And yeah. Now, it's just it's a weird one. I'm interested to see how this Ultimate Fighter uh, season plays out. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Also, hello, Andre Harrison. Hello, hello, Andre Harrison. Yes, sir. What's up, man? It's Adam Hunter. You're on the MA Roasted Podcast. Uh, called you three or four times. I guess you're too big for us now. You're the champion. You don't pick <laughs> up anymore. I see how it is, man. I see how it is. How's That's, it going? You know that is not even. You know that is not even the case. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Actually, I, I, um, Terrence is in here, so I, they got me doing his uh, class right now. Oh, nice. Uh, Terrence Hill. Terrence Hill. Oh, the, nice. I'm the the strike coach here. Nice. Oh, tell him I say hello. Congrats on your big win, man. You're now the Thank WSOF you. champion. You were the Titan champion. Then you go to the World Series. You collect another belt. I mean, do you feel you're finally getting some respect? Finally, yeah, I think so. I think I'm finally starting to get some type of respect. I mean, we've been saying it for years. I mean, were you, were you, were you a state champion in New York? No, I didn't. I took third. Took third in the state of New York, which is really hard to third do. Third and fifth, yeah. Uh, Guys, we're going to be in here if you want to go right out here. Hello? Actually, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So you were third in the state of New York. But it's funny because I felt like during the fight, uh, they weren't giving your wrestling that much props. They were talking, they were hyping up Lance Palmer being this amazing wrestler. But I'm like, dude, Andre's a damn good wrestler, too. Yeah, I know. They, they didn't even, they didn't mention my wrestling once, which is, you know, which is cool. You know, I understand he's a four-time D1 All-American, so, you know, definitely has the, the wrestling accolades. But, you know, I, I did score the only takedown of the fight. I will put that out there. <laughs> Were you surprised that he kind of wanted to make it a striking competition and didn't go for the takedowns more? 
No, I um, I've seen him look for the takedowns a few times. He just couldn't get to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it also seemed like he was throwing kind of wider shots and you were throwing straighter shots. Did that kind of – is that how you, how you uh, planned it? Um, yeah, I, you know, throw. I knew he threw loopy, so I was gonna throw straight shots and, you know, kind of, kind of keep him um, at bay. You know, he's shorter, I have to reach, so I figured I just I'd use. It. I mean, he looked jacked. I was like, whole, he looked like he was like a good ten, fifteen pounds bigger than you. By the way, I know, I know, Black is slimming, but he looked like he was <laughs> way bigger than you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he definitely was jacked. Yeah, you can put it on. He definitely was Jack. You know, he felt like he was made out of granite too. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, just think that you know. Again, I'm. It's not like I'm. You know, some sloppy, out of shape. You know, guy. I'm. I'm pretty put together myself. No, no, I know. No, it was. It was great. Now, was this the first fight you were ever the underdog in? Say that one more time. I'm sorry. Uh, was this, Was this the first fight where you were ever the underdog? Well, I was, I was, I think I was the favorite. Oh, you were the favorite? I think I was, yeah, like minus 160. Oh, wow. Because I felt like you were being overlooked. I felt like everyone was talking Lance Palmer, Lance Palmer. And no disrespect to Lance Palmer. He's a great fighter. I mean, I think he's, I think in the UFC, he would beat most of the guys in the UFC. He's, he's an elite fighter. But you beat him, I mean, four rounds to one, possibly five rounds to zero. Uh, uh, really impressive, man. Fucking really impressive. Thank you, man. Thank you. I think this might be the first time I'm hearing you saying this. No, man. I, I look. <laughs> I've been impressed with you the whole time. Uh, we've had you on the podcast yeah. many times. I've always thought that, you, like, when you had 20 followers, I was the one saying, "Fucking follow this guy, guys. This guy's the, the truth. The, the, he's the man." Uh, yeah. And now that you're this big star, you know, like the other day, I I, I, I asked you for an autograph. You fucking you like you like later, kid. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it does seem like you know fame has gone to your head. But I get it. It's it, it's like been three days, so I will uh, I will allow this. You you gotta excuse. You gotta get my let my head deflate a little bit. Yeah, that's now, all that is. Now, are you still with that girl that you, you came to at my uh, comedy show? Yes, I am. Yes, she, I am. She's beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, she's got to be really psyched, yeah. right? Oh, she's all types of happy. Uh, last night when I got home, all she all she had was my World Series belt on. <laughs> so she had, I mean, she had her boobs hanging out, fucking everything, titties flying everywhere. Everything, just, just the just the belt, just that, the belt. That on. is so hot. Can I can, can I smell that belt? What <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> that's that's super hot, man. Good. Wow. So. uh and then what about your what about you have a daughter, right? Yes, I do. And how yeah. is your is your daughter on uh, Cloud Nine? Oh, she's she's ecstatic. She's like, you know, see, I told you guys, my daddy always wins. <laughs> always. So, That's awesome. Does she still live in Kansas yeah. City or Iowa or where else she is? Uh Colorado. Colorado, Colorado okay. Yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah. And then the the, the 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 baby mama. Did she send you a a, a mean text, being like, "You still ain't shit" or what? <laughs> no, she just you know she just pretty much like, "Give me a bank card. I want everything you made in your fight, and um, you know, and and then some. You know, you got to be kidding me. Oh God, give you just give give her, give her my bank card. She'll really be uh, pissed off. So <laughs> she. she then she'll be wealthy. Yeah, wealthy. Yeah, huge. Now, you're in the World Series. You're the champion. 
But now, what happened at Titan FC? Why did you leave Titan? What happened with what? With Titan FC. Why did you leave Titan FC? Um, I left Titan. I left Titan. Um, just originally it was just because um, um, you know, I can. I, I thought I I would be able to get like more shows closer to home. Um, with World Series, and I and I really, really, really wanted to be on that MSG card, you know. So that was one of the main reasons for leaving Titan. And you know, I you know I defended the belt um four or five times at Titan, so wanted to go somewhere new. Right now, now, now that you're with the World Series of Fighting, do you still want to get to Bellator or UFC, or are you okay, cool with being the World Series of Fighting champion? Uh, I love being a World Series of Fighting champ. I've gotten like so much love and you know everything from the fans and from from the organization too. Like you know they they really like put me out there to be you know like a you know their guy. Okay, all right. So it's not like so we're not looking at this as like a stepping stone. We're like okay, we're the champion. They're paying me. But if the UFC came and said, hey, listen, Andre. We heard about your girlfriend with the belt and the titties flying. You know, you're our guy. Uh, we want to have you in the UFC. Are you opposed to going to the UFC, or you'd have to sit down with Ray? Um, um, they would. They would have to pay me, you know, a good portion of money for me to want to change because I'm making good money and everything right now. And yeah, regular rules. Good man. Now, now. Now, when you came back to the hood, was everybody, was it like Andre Harrison Day in the hood where people were like, people going out and like twerking and stuff what? and whatever happens in the hood? Is that, is, is, is that how it like went down? I can't, I can't even say that on the air. Right? You two guys in. I can't even tell you guys what happened. It was, it was crazy. Just, Damn. No, tell me what happened. Everywhere. You have to, now you have to tell us. What happened? Um, touch them up, guys. Hold on one second. All right. Is he filling up his gas? What's what's going on here? What's the background noise? It sounds like there's kids in the background. Yeah, I think he's something. he's teaching a class. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday school. What do you think happened in the hood? I don't know what happened. Guns um, shooting. Well, pretty much there? what happened was it was just a whole bunch of naked women in the ho- in in the in the hotel room. Really? You know? Yeah, just a whole bunch of naked women. And your girl was cool with that. Um, she was the, she was the cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they're really doing—they're doing you right with the World Series of Fighting. Now, was it mostly white girls yeah. or black girls, Puerto Rican, Dominicans? It was—it was—it was a good mixture. Yep, mostly mostly Spanish. Uh huh. Nice, I like it. By the way, the guy that I coach with, uh, my coach uh, Junior Amazon. You know, do you, you uh, know him? He wrestled at Uniondale High School. He's a big he's a big fan of yours, by the way. Uh, he says you re- he, he says you really helped him a lot in high school. Yeah, we had some we had some really really good goals. Yeah, some really really good goals. He's re- he's super positive guy. That guy. I mean, he's one of those guys where like no matter how bad my day is going, I I see Junior and my day is that much better. I I don't know what it is, man. Uh, but he is a good guy. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. Yeah. He's definitely a good dude. Positive guy. Good wrestling too. Yeah. So who are you um training with now? And uh, it's it's still you and uh, Chris Wade, right? Yo. Andre. 
Hello. Not Chris Wade. Yeah. Okay. Who's Wade. who's over there now? Gregory Gillespie, Cody Fiore. Looks across his ass. There you go. Yeah. Um, Cody Payne, Nick Fiore. Same squad as usual. Now, have you guys ever thought about uh, Dojo storming Cerro Longo? Do we what? Have you guys ever thought about Dojo storming them? Like you guys just go in there and just fuck everybody up? Oh, touch them up, guys. Dre. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, how do you think you guys would do against Sarah Longo for the king of the Long Island gyms? We don't lose. We do well. <laughs> we don't lose. I don't, I don't. We don't lose. I like it. I like it, man. So now, who do you want to fight next? Um, probably the guy that beat Sila. Yep. The guy that beat Sila. I think that would be a good fight. A lot of people were asking for it. Nice. Now, yeah. it must have been pretty cool to have Randy Couture call your fight. Yeah, it was, especially like hearing him laugh in the, in the background, you know, with uh, the first time that uh, Lance got dropped, you know. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the last time you, you heard him, though, he was almost out. You were really close to finishing that fight. I was trying. You, you were so close. And what I liked about you is, you know, you didn't act – a lot of times uh, in that last fight where you had in Titan FC with that, that crazy Brazilian guy, that, that was like the, uh-huh. be- the best fight I've ever seen in my life. Uh, yeah. You were, you were a little wild in that fight. You, your hands were low. You kind of let yourself get a little unfocused. It, it was an amazing fight, but it seemed like you were a little bit all over the place. This, I've never seen a more disciplined Andre Harrison. So disciplined. I thought I was composed there. Drop, drop, drop. Get up off your feet. Drop. Yeah. Hey, do me a favor. Next time we do an interview, uh, do it during your orgy. Uh, maybe, maybe solve a crime during it, or maybe be in a well. Uh, there's definitely not enough distractions. Run into traffic, uh, rob a bank. You, you know, because we definitely need more distractions right now. So. I'm, I'm sorry. I got I got like uh, 15 more minutes from this. Andre, don't worry. Listen, um, listen, brother. Let's do this again next week when you have more time. Because I we, we, I want to get the real Andre Harrison. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yo, I'm really proud of you, man. You're 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 a great guy. You're doing some great things. You're representing Long Island yourself. You're a role model. You got a hot wife. Keep it up, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care, man. All right, that was Andre wow. Harrison. Have you ever been in an orgy? Uh, I've never been in an orgy. No, uh, I've I've had uh, threesomes and foursomes. But, but isn't a foursome considered an orgy? No, it's me and three girls. Never. Yeah. Uh, well, not really, because they weren't doing stuff to each other. Oh, well, they're all doing stuff to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is hard because like uh, you you gotta kiss one and then another one's doing something down there and then you gotta have your hands. It's great if you have ADHD. I highly recommend it. Oh, so you were uh, good with it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Although you know the thing about threesomes is that always somebody always gets left out. You know, there's always like a chick that's hotter that you're more into. Um, and then the other one feels left out. So you have to like overcompensate with the other one. 
Like you have to kind of be more into the girl that's not as hot uh-huh. because if you just go for the hot one, the other one's just gonna like uh, then then she's gonna feel bad, be a good friend to the other one, and then probably might possibly leave. But if you go for the one that's not as hot and then treat the hot one, it'll fuck up the hot one's head a little bit. She's like, why isn't he talking to me? And then she'll try to overcompensate so you get both. It's a, it's 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 a very uh, I get to teach a good, uh, uh, this is something that I should be teaching. <laughs> and should be getting paid to teach. I can't so, wait for my first orgy or threesome. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, it will be awesome, but you got to get the comedy, man. You can't do it. Uh, you can't. It's hard to do it unless you're like. That's the good thing about being a comic on the oh, road. Oh, so that's what led to the oh, threesome oh, was the always, comedy. Always, always. Wow. Because girls see you on stage. They're like, oh, my God. They know that you're in town for a day or two. Uh-huh. They like, oh, you know. But it's hard to like uh, – it's hard to maneuver. You can't go out and say, hey, I want to have a threesome because then you sound like a fucking sleazeball. Mm-hmm. You have to sort of – and this is all pre-Bree, obviously, pre – this is my old – this is my 20s, Adam. Maybe early 30s. But this is <laughs> <laughs> mid-30s. It's, this is one of those things where you have to uh, be able to finagle it. You have to really kind of – like. Drinking games, alcohol is always fun for that, good for those kind of things. Um, truth or dare, where you're like, truth or dare. You can't, st- truth or dare is a f- fun game, but you can't start too much. You can't go, truth or dare, dare, anal. You know, this gonna, <laughs> they're both gonna leave. You kind of have to go truth first, even though you're kind of just setting yourself up for the dares, but like, truth or dare, truth. Uh, how many people have you been with? Or uh, what's your favorite position? Or something kind of light and fun. And then eventually they get bored with that shit and they go, dare. And they're like, I, all right, I dare you to kiss me. And then I dare you to kiss each other. Before you know it, then you just trash the whole board, and then you start jumping in kind of a thing. What about like spin the bottle? That'd be pretty fun. No, right? that's, that's fucking that's, – that was great in high school actually. I, actually, it was in middle school I played spin the bottle. You actually played that with like a yeah. group of kids? Oh, it was great. It was great. Expect, yeah, or seven minutes in heaven. Uh, now oh, I can't even man. last seven minutes in heaven. <laughs> but, so – but you know, I don't. But the thing is, I don't. I don't drink anymore. And the first time I ever got drunk, I was I was 16 years old. I was at a party, and I was a I was at boarding school for kids who had troubled paths. You know, who had right. too much energy. And I was learning more about my life and talking about my feelings. And I'd go home to public school kids, and I, I would be so lost. I was a kid that got sent away. I wasn't dealing with anything. They're all about image, image, image. I was about like talking about coping with my mom leaving and this and that. So I felt like I was left out. So everyone would get drunk. They'd drink 40s at, at, the, at the high school. When you were 15 and 16, everyone would go drink 40s. That's what they did. It smoked okay. weed. So I get, finally, I got drunk at a party one night. And I had like, I don't know, five or six beers, and I was fucking gone. The room was spinning. I couldn't handle my liquor. I'm like, who wants to wrestle? Right? That was what I was safe. So I picked the biggest kid. And I just, I'm like, you. And I picked him up, I double-legged him, and I just slammed him on his head. And he was like my friend, too. It was kind of a dick move, right? Uh-huh. Then I'm like, and then I got up and started celebrating. Like, yeah! And I walked into a tree and then knocked myself down. Because I hit, I hit a fucking tree hard. I had a huge gash you in my head. You walked into a tree. Yeah, I turned around and then, boom, I hit a tree. Or I walked into a tree. And there was this beautiful girl. And I remember she was, she was cleaning me up. And I was so drunk. And I was wearing khakis. That I, I busted a nut in my pants just from her. What? Yeah, that's how drunk and my body. Yeah, and that was even more embarrassing. So Did she was, notice it? I think so. And so did everyone else at the party. And then I just went home and like uh, like didn't go out for a couple weeks after that. That was yeah. That was that was my high school. <laughs> that was my high school life in a fucking nutshell. All right. So what else? Uh, in MMA uh, news. In MMA news, there's so, a lot of new fights that have been made recently. T- 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 tell me about them. Uh, this one is. Announced about an hour ago, John Moraga versus Ashkan Makatarian. No way. 
Fucking, I have no idea who the fuck that guy. <laughs> John Moraga is a good fighter. So uh, he's just fighting the last card. Or uh, the John Moraga get didn't a big he, ass cut on his head or something. I don't know. Uh, Moraga didn't he? He was the guy that uh, he's a good fighter. Uh, he's a so, good fighter. So that should be. I think he's gonna win. But I don't know. Ashcan. So Nate Diaz has a refund. So okay, let's talk about Rockhold has called out Verdum. I think that's a bad move for Rockhold. You, he, he have to go up the heavyweight. Right? He just got knocked out. By Michael Bisbing, and I'm I'm pretty sure Verdum hits a lot harder than Michael Bisbing. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's the punches that you don't see coming that hurt you. Still, the Verdum is huge. He's a legend on the ground, so he's gonna he's gonna have the grappling. I, I don't see where Rock Cole can beat him other than in speed and striking. And Verdum did look pretty bad in his last fight, but still, even so, uh, he, he beat Travis Brown. Didn't look great doing it, but did it. Uh, what are you doing, Rock Cole? I mean, you you're arguably you're one fight away from getting that title shot again. And I think, you know, you, I mean, against Bisbing, you're 500, but you dominated the first one. Uh, you beat Jacare. Uh, Romero, he hasn't fought yet. Why would you go up and fight Verdum? The, I mean, I guess if you lose, you lose to Verdum, but still, too big. Bad mistake. Sorry, Rockhold. Uh, bad mistake. No heavyweight um, in his future. Uh, yeah, so... So this week, uh, what else is going on this week uh, is Invicta. Uh, there's some good Invicta fights. I'm excited about that. Uh, I like Invicta. I think that they, like I said, could be doing a lot better of a job promoting that product because I think that, that I've never watched an Invicta card and not been entertained. Um, they do a good job over there. Mm-hmm. And, but the people don't know the girls. Unless you're, unless you're a hardcore MMA fan or uh, or some uh, lesbian or like a, uh, who who likes women's combat sports or you have some strange fetish you really don't know women's MMA and it's not because of the talent they they got a lot of talent they're fun my girl Tanya Evinger is fighting in the rematch I think she's gonna win that fight I think Tanya did un- very underestimated Yana Kunistakas or whatever fuck it, I just butchered it her ground game Tanya wins this fight I, I believe. Um, but there's the the whole the whole card's pretty good actually, uh, so I'm looking forward to that fight. And the only way to watch Invicta is on Fight Pass, right? Yeah, that's the only way, which is still fun. I mean, you you have Fight Pass, right? Uh, I steal other people's account information. I mean, you steal them? Someone gives they people give them to you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look at this fight that just got made: Benavidez versus Ben Ten. Oh wow, that's crazy, right? Yes, that's a good fight uh, for Ben Ten, uh, Nigan, or and I don't know how. That's the guy that knocked out. Here's a guy that knocked out the guy that was dating Jesse Jess that beat the shit out of her. Um, but I think I think she actually knocked him out, and that, but he got arrested for domestic violence. Uh, she hit him with a kick or something while defending herself. And now the guy's dating Ashley Evan Smith. He's got tattoos all over his face. In Team Alpha Male, he got knocked out by Cody No Love's cousin during practice or dropped by him. The guy seems like a real dirtbag for what he does to women. Mm-hmm. And now he's actually on Instagram saying, "Hey, donate to charities uh, uh, for." And then. Rowdy Beck called him out big time, like, you're such a fucking hypocrite. But anyway, this guy knocked him out. And Benavidez, though, look, I like Joseph Benavidez. He's, he's awesome. But this is, not a, this is not a good fight for him. He's, he's right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was at the uh, Cejudo fight, which was a, a war. And I think it was a hard fight to score, really hard fight to score, even being there. It was, it was so many punches thrown. But he's right there. And for him to fight, I think rematch Cejudo. That was a war, and the winner gets the winner of Demetrius Johnson's next fight. But 
I think he's going to run through this guy, Ben Yen. And although Ben, uh, he hits hard. So this week, uh, and Tanya Evans just fighting on the card. Who else is on the card? Let me see. Deanna Bennett versus Jody Esquivel. That's a good fight. Deanna Bennett's a wrestler from Colorado. Jody's tough girl. I'm looking forward to that fight. Uh, Jin Yu Free is this like hot girl who's like short and has a tattoo on her back and she's like a rocket scientist or a nuclear physicist or some type of fucking crazy thing she does. Wow. We had her on the podcast and she's got power for like a little chick. She knocks fuckers out and she's fighting Janicea Miranda who's 9-0. I don't know who that other girl is but she's 9-0 so that's, that's impressive. Amber Brown Another tough girl is fighting Ashley Cummins. That's a good fight. Yeah, Invictus got a good card this week. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yes. And then um, what else? What else can you tell me? All right, there's still a lot more fights. Uh, Minotauro Nor- Noguera versus Ayer Latifi. Ooh. I think, I think Latifi wins this fight. Me too. Um, I think Noguera's got to hang it up. Sorry. You're a legend. You're awesome. You're, you're one of the... You're, Fucking pride fighter, you you had wars, you've beaten many many people, uh, many great people. But what are we doing? What are we trying to prove here? Right? Isn't he Uh, just coming off a knockout too? I think he got. uh, I don't know. Can you look that up? Let me look it up. I know. I know. I think he got. I think Anthony Johnson took his head off uh, in one of the fights. But I I mean, you know. But Latifi, I thought was going to beat Bader, and he got fucking starched. So uh, Michael Bisbing has a uh, new podcast with um, Louis, Louis uh, Gomez. He's a funny guy, a uh, funny comic. And he went off on Vitor Belfort. He said, this is the sign of the pussy that Vitor Belfort is. This is the sign of a pussy that takes fucking steroids his entire career. Take steroids, you are a fucking pussy. Because you're so mentally weak, you feel you can't go out there and fight these people on a level playing field because you're going to get your ass kicked. So you worry, and you look, and you look for shortcuts. You look how you can cheat, and you think, oh, I'm going to take these steroids, and they're going to build my muscle, and make me recover better, all this type of shit. And they do give you advantages. They give you physical, psychological advantages, but if you need those advantages, you're a coward, you're a fucking pussy, and you're a cheat. And the very fact, anyone on steroids, this entire career, get their ass kicked, call out CM Punk, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. As simple as that. And do this in a British accent in your head. Well, speaks volumes to the character and level of a man, Belvarez. I wouldn't fucking piss on him if he was on fire. And, uh... Jeez. I think Belfort, I think Bisping's got a point. Um... No, I don't think Belfort's a pussy. I think anyone who enters the octagon on steroids or not is not a fucking pussy. However, uh, yeah. I mean, calling out CM Punk? I mean, really? That's fucking bizarre. I mean, do you need the money? Is that why you're doing it? You're fighting a guy who's 0-1 in his entire career with no amateur thing, and you're calling out a guy who's not even a fighter? Uh, Well, not really. There's a big asterisk if you call him a fighter. However... Uh, where Bisbing has a real fucking point is that he kicked Bisbing's eye is permanently damaged because of the fight that he had with Belfort who was on stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd be fucking pissed too if I have to look in the mirror and my fucking, I, I'm able to see behind me. Uh, yeah, I'd be fucking pissed. I think Bisbing's got a point. I understand why he's saying that. If my eye was permanently fucked up because I fought someone who was using shit damn fucking straight, I'd be pissed. Right. Uh, holy shit, I would. Do you think Belfort is calling CM Punk out because he sees it as like an easy win and it'll look better on his record? Because he's he's lost like what five in a row. He hasn't lost five in a row, but I think he sees it as a money fight too. A money fight. I mean, yeah, the easiest fight with the most amount of money that he can possibly get. By the way, Jason Ellis has a fight coming up uh, in King of the Cage. Uh, I I think Ellis is going to win. 
I'm actually, uh, by the way, uh, Andre Harrison um, says he's so sorry. Uh, they call me at the last minute. Dude, don't be fucking sorry, Andre Harrison. You're the champion of the fucking World Series of Fighting. I understand you got shit to do. I'm honored you came on the podcast, dude. No need to apologize. We'll do this again. We'll, if you were in town, I'd fucking make you the co-host. So uh, <laughs> we need one right now. Yeah, yeah we need. <laughs> so fucking don't apologize, Andre Harrison. Thank you for. I appreciate you. It's you know apologizing to me, but bro, it's all good. Um, so what were you saying, by the way? I have no idea. Victor Belfort calling out yes, CM Punk. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. A, I don't. I think maybe he did, maybe he said it as a joke. I don't think he really wants to fight CM Punk. I can't. I think maybe he's being funny, and because he's Brazilian and is not known for his comedy, uh, <laughs> people are taking it seriously. I don't think he really wants to fight CM Punk. Who do you think wins in that fight? That's the thing. Uh, <laughs> that's another thing. Uh, you know, ask me that. Five minute, five years ago, three years ago, I would say Vitor Belfort wins on the way to the octagon. You know, I don't even <laughs> think he submission. has. To, yeah, I don't think he has to even go into the cage to beat CM Punk. I think he he sneezes and CM Punk fucking falls down uh-huh. because he'll also have like roided germs that will go land on CM Punk and cause him to fucking lose. <laughs> but this version of Vitor Belfort, uh, I still think beats CM Punk, but it's a lot closer than it would have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, damn straight. I mean, Royded Belfort was the scariest fighter I've ever seen. We're talking about a guy who knocked out Rockhold in the first round via fucking spinning wheel kick or whatever the fuck he did. Guy that took out Bisbing. I mean, this dude was insane. I mean, he was probably the best fighter I've ever seen. Uh-huh. But not, but dad bod Belfort. I mean, not even dad, fucking grandpa bod or fucking <laughs> home, homeless uncle bod fucking Belfort is, is not the same fighter. It's not even close. So that being said, maybe CM Punk gets to win. Although, I, I, how does he beat him? How crazy would that be if CM Punk... If I was win? CM Punk, I would take the fight. Because if you lose, you lose to Vitor Belfort. And if you win, you beat one of the greatest fighters of all time in their prime, loaded. But even, even without stuff, when he was, Pride Vitor Belfort was a scary fucking man. He knocked out Vanilla Silva in like 47 seconds or something. Insane. Mm. That Vitor Belfort was a scary man. I mean, Jesus. Uh, so CM Punk, take that fucking fight. So Jason Ellis is fighting a guy who has like, I think his record is 15 and 24, uh, but he's lost his last 13 out of 14 fights. Okay, that's good. Uh, so, but he has won a fight like four fights ago. I think Ellis wins this fight. The guy, um, I think Ellis is going to win this fight. I, I believe. How do you uh, even like still continue to compete in MMA when you've lost that many times? Uh, I don't know. And your record, do you think it's just like some random dude, like a generic dude, like a dad who just thinks he's a badass and no, he, he, he fought stuff? some pretty decent guys. Uh, there were some guys up there that I've like that are he's fought some good guys. Uh huh. It just hello. I don't know, Colby Covington. How are you? Yes, sir. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. Good. You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Joe, the Kid Perez. Uh, big fan of yours, man. You've been uh, you've been killing it. Your your last fight against Barbarina. Actually, my girl will forever be mad at me because of you. And I'll tell you why. Uh, we yeah. were go we were going shopping for wedding rings. Not not wedding rings like wedding bands. And you were fighting Barbarina, and it was such a close fight. Uh, it was a crazy fight. That I was watching it on my phone while such not cl- such a close fight. Are, are you serious? Not, no, 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 not close fight. It's such a good, exciting fight. Come on, a, dude. A, a very exciting fight. I'll get very, tell me, it was okay. a very that I was watching the fight while shopping for wedding rings, 
and my girl was like, you know, this is, you know, and I, and I tried telling her that, like, I, like, know you guys and that, you know, marriages can be temporary and losses stay on your record. <laughs> but, but she wasn't feeling it. But uh, it was a very exciting fight. Very exciting fight. So. Thank you, man. Much respect. I appreciate that. No problem. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Just just getting out of training. My second training for the day at American Top Team. So I'm feeling good. You know, there's nothing like a good feeling after you get done working out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, who are some of the guys that you're training with? Uh, I train with, like, Jorge Masvidal and Nate Coy and, like, Tiago Alves and Will Brooks and Dustin Poirier. Fuck. Guys like that. You got straight killers. Uh, straight killers. Um, uh, now, you've been calling out Dos Anjos, uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, really, really funny. Uh, you really <laughs> want him. Uh, do you th- how close? Do you think you can get this fight or what? Um, I think – I don't know. I think there's maybe a strong possibility, you know, that – I guess some of my tweets got under his skin, so I think that he told Sean Shelby that those tweets, Colby's tweets, got under his skin. So he, we might be fighting soon. Now, what? Now, what? What about him makes you want to fight him so much? Uh, you know, just he's a big name and he's kind of up to what, what welterweight one seventy. And I don't know if he's ever fought at one seventy. I don't believe he has, but he's coming up to one seventy. He thinks he's going to come up to one seventy and just jump to the front of the line and be at the the top of the pack, you know, but. That's not going to happen. This is my division now, and if you want to come to the top pack, you're going to have to go through me. So that's why I want that fight. Now, you tweeted this thing where it was like a fake Gmail account, and then you pretended that you were all these people saying some of the funniest shit to him. uh, You you had his mom saying, I don't want you to hang out with Cody No Love. You had Uriah Faber saying tanning, what kind of tanning lotion to use, moisturizer. You saying sign the dotted line. But I'll bury you like the fucking British did. The, and then you you go on Dana White perspective about about Covington. It was hilarious. Did you make this yourself? Uh, you know, uh, I got creativity, man. You don't sleep on me in the creativity department. You know, I know what the UFC wants to see. So, you know, I'm just saying that I'm coming, man. I want that number one gold spot, and I'll do whatever it takes to get there. I mean, you were so funny. Uh, you had Ariana, you had Ariane Celeste saying that you want your phone number by any means necessary. Get me Colby's yeah, number. I mean, every time, every time I'm on the UFC scale, man, she's staring at my ass. I catch her staring at my ass. Like, what's that all about? You know, like, why is she doing that? So you think Ariane is like checking you out? You think she wants to bang you? I think so, man. I think all that all that other stuff is accurate. You know, Joe Rogan's trying to get some owner supplements and. And you know John Jones is doing his thing, you know. So, you know, have you have you talked to Ariane at all? No, no, I haven't talked to her. I'm just joking. Uh, but then you had you had you had Edmund saying, "Don't fuck with me. If you ever much look at Ronda again, I will fucking whoop your ass so fast." <laughs> I mean, you had John Bones. I hear you recently got back from Colombia. Do you remember me? So, 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 so Jones is trying to get the guy from uh, cocaine. Scott Coker says, "Please stop calling." So he's actually uh, trying to get Bellator. Uh, you have Cathal Pedro. Hey man, yeah. You may think those fake, man. It's, it's not my fault. I, I got a hold of the email account, man. Don't don't hate me, man. <laughs> I never said it was fake, so don't blame the messenger, man. Then you have Steven Seagal hit him up saying, you talked to Stitch. You got some secret moves. You didn't even show the Cormier. Then you had Rafael uh, Cordero says, the idea, let's break that foot. Easy way out. I mean, this is hilarious, dude. This is like fucking top-notch comedy, bro. Uh, good work with this. 
Good work. I'm, I'm trying to get on your. I'm trying to get on your level. All right, all right. Relax, relax. <laughs> That's not be, that good. If I can be a quarter of funny as you are, then you know I'll be good in life. Oh, thank you, man. By the way, when you came to my show right before your fight, that really, uh, that really meant a lot. Oh, bro, it was awesome to be there. It's always good to get a good laugh out of you before a fight. You know, you always take the pressure off. And, no, it's awesome to see you every time. Oh, thanks. No, and then when I went to your fight, while you were walking to the cage, you're like, hi, Adam. And I was like, hey, what's up? <laughs> like, you actually said hello to me while you were walking to the octagon, which was also like, I couldn't believe it. That was awesome as well. I was like, holy shit. I was like, that's fucking, that was, that was really cool. <laughs> I felt very. That's my boy. I, 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 think, I think my girl blew me that night, actually. So uh, thank you for the. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. So, so I mean, you're a guy though that I always say that I think that you know this new this new UFC thing is hurting guys like you, the new WME thing because you know when you when you have when you make GSP fight Bisbing or you make some of these like fights that don't really make any sense logistically, you're you're, t- you're taking away from the rankings and guys like you who are what what are you twelve and one thirteen and one I mean some I don't know what your record is but it's something really good. Uh, it, you get overlooked because you're not this like you know you're not from Ireland or you're not from Australia or England or some of these places where they have you know you're you're from Florida but but you're making noise by fighting but it seems like that's a lot harder of a road than just making noise because you have some kind of gimmick and you're a good fighter. Yep, absolutely. That's you know that's been a tough thing you know because with my style of fighting and, and you know my you know I'm a, everybody knows I'm improving you know I'm at the best gym in the world just getting better every day so you know I mean it's tough to get fights you know like for my style you know if, if, if I don't start doing something and trying to get my my name in the media that, and this and that I'm not going to get those big fights because you know I'm winning a lot of fights obviously I'm winning 95% of the time and and the thing is is that you know it's these days it's tough to get fights a lot of guys are turning me down you know they offer contracts and you know guys like Ryan, the player, Cameron, who's and, and they openly denied him and declined him and said, no, I don't want to fight him openly. And there's other guys, you know, too, but, you know, it's just, it's tough to get fights, man. I'm trying to stay active and show the UFC that I'm the best in the world, but, you know, you can't do that if you don't get fights. So, you know, I'm here right now ready to go against anybody. You know, I'm, I'm not picking anybody. I don't give a fuck. I want to fight the best. So put him in front of me and I'm going to show him what I'm capable of. I mean, you're. I mean, you're right there. I. I mean, you are one of the best. I mean, and I, I talked to a lot of your training partners, guys like uh, Dean Thomas, and you know, they they're they're very high on you. I mean, they're extremely high on you. Uh, so uh, now you called out uh, Cowboy. Uh, do you think? Do you think that could that could possibly happen? Uh, uh, Cerrone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's not the the you know. It's definitely not out of reach, you know. It's something that I'm right there, you know. Look at my wins, you know. I've been on, you know, I got six fights in the U.S., six easy wins in the U.S.C. Never lost a round, so you know, I think they need to give me a step up on competition, you know. And I've been fighting a lot of these fights injured, man. I mean, I mean, 60% of the time I go in the U.S.C. octagon, I'm injured, you know, fractured rib and my one loss, you know. Fucking last fight, you know, torn MCL before the fight, you know. One of my first fights, broken foot in Brazil, so. You know, uh, helping me, I'm dangerous, man. I'll beat anybody in the world, dude. And you heard it here first. Uh, you, you know, I, I believe it. Now, uh, I've heard from, like, I remember Bubba was saying an American top team, some of the sparring sessions, people are just trying to take their heads off. Is that how it's, like, going down there? Um, you know, there was a time when it was 
something like that, you know, and it, it was it was tough training and guys were you know, beating each other up. But, you know, the gym's evolved a lot, you know, and that's, that's what you got to do as a fighter. You know, you got to evolve and, and go get better with the curve, you know, and, and that, that style of fighting and doing that in the gym, people were starting to realize that that affects the fighters and the longevity of their careers. So, you know, a lot of the guys, they're not, they're not training like that. You know, a lot of us are smarter now. We're, you know, being a lot more, uh, you know, find a partner that you can trust that you work with and not just go in there like fucking two dogs trying to take each other's heads off, you know? So, so no, no, you know, so no training with Hector Lombard anymore now. What's that? So you and Hector Lombard are no longer training partners? Uh, you know, I was never really training partners with Hector Lombard. You know, I think one time I, he wanted me to wrestle with him and like I was wrestling with him and, and like taking it down and stuff. But like, Besides that, you know, we never really trained. We weren't really smart partners, you know. He right. goes hard in the gym, you know, and I'm not looking to go hard. I'm trying to save that in a fight. You want to see me in a fight, you're going to have your fucking hands full. I don't give a fuck who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Now, UFC 210, let's talk about that. Cormier versus AJ. Who do you like in that fight? Uh, I got to go with Cormier, you know. I, he, he broke Anthony the first time. And when you have that, that type, when you know that you've broken someone, that's a, good, that's a pretty strong feeling. So, you know, I think he's going to get it done again. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's just... The, what do you like? You know, I like Cormier, but Johnson took that fight on short notice, and he's got that one-punch power. That's the only thing. It's That's like, true. you know, when you have that kind of power, it, it, you're always in the fight. It's like, I feel like Cormier can make... Uh, Johnson can make a couple mistakes. Cormier can't make any. But that being said, yep, yep. I, I think you're right. I think Cormier wins that fight. Um, I think... Uh, why Min Musasi? I got to go with Musasi, man. He's looked like a killer, and Weidman looks like he's dropping off, and there's been a lot of accusations that Weidman was on the juice, and you saw us fucking him up. So, you know, I'm going to go with Musasi. Where did you hear those accusations from? Allegations? Oh, uh, you know, I I just heard them, you know, from some friends, you know, some, some people within the business. So, you know, I, you know, I'm going to keep that to myself, you know, but you know, that's just what I heard, you know. He looks a little different these days. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Wyman also, I feel like sometimes, you know, like getting there, you're so hungry getting there. You're just so fucking hungry. Yeah. And, I mean, literally, he was hit with uh, the, the hurricane. He lost his family. He, he, had, he had nothing. He was a 10 to 1, some kind of ridiculous underdog against Anderson Silva when he, when he got there. But staying there is a fucking difference. <laughs> it's been hard for some of these guys to stay there, you know? And, uh, yeah. but. I, I, I think Wyman can win. I think Musasi wrestling could be his Achilles heel. And I, I, I hopefully we get back to the old Wyman, the embrace to grind Wyman, the all-American wrestler Wyman. And I think that guy can beat Musasi. If he tries to strike with him, it's going to be, it's over. Uh, Tiago Alves, Patrick Cote. I got to go with Tiago Alves, my training partner and friend. Always room for the good boys, my boy. How's he, how's he looking? He's looking good, man. He's ready to go. He's healthy. He feels good, you know. So, you know, I think he's, I think he's going to get it done. I think Cote's, you know, on, on the way out. You know, he's, he's a lot older these days. So, you know, I, I think he's going to get it done. Now, Will Brooks, Charles Oliveira, is that, that's a, a rematch, correct? Uh, no, that's not a rematch. Oh, okay. He, I think Will fought a different Oliveira. Oh, a different Oliveira. Oliveira. Okay. You're right. This is yeah, the Bronx. This is the right. guy that's coming up from 145. Yes, right. You're absolutely right. So, Oliveira is ranked number nine. How's Will looking? He looks really good, man. He looks sharp. He looks fast, you know. He looks ready to go, man. I think he's hungry right now. He's motivated after his last fight. You know, it's a come, coming back from a loss, like, really, like, 
you know, that, that's what shows that you're all about your character and, you know, how you're in the gym after a loss and how you're carrying yourself and this and that. So, you know, I think he's hungry right now and he's going to get the job done. Another guy who I feel like is extremely overlooked, along with you, is uh, Kamaro Usman. Uh, he's taking on Sean Strickland, uh, a guy goes by the name of Tarzan, uh, trains over here in California. Who do you like in this fight? I mean, I don't even care, dude. They're both they're both a waste of time, you know. I mean, Cameron Usman's been ducking me since CFA days in Florida. The guy won't fight me, but he wants to say he's the best wrestler in the division. I think that's fucking hilarious. Oh, you want to overlook me? You think you have better credentials than me? He wrestled D2. I wrestled D1. There's a difference in levels. And another thing is, I think it's funny, he's putting up pictures. Oh, I was an NCAA All-American in, in, in favor of NCAA Division One All-American Week, and that's Division One. He was a Division Two wrestler. I think that's hilarious because he's a fake, and he's trying to protect that ranking he's got. He's got that 11 ranking. That's a fucking joke. He won't fight me. He's a fucking joke. So, you know, I don't even give a fuck about that fight. But didn't he train at the Olympic Training Center? And I mean, he does have some good wrestling credentials. What is that? What does that mean, dude? Anybody can go to the Olympic Training Center. I mean, if you fucking filled out an application partner to go be a training partner at the Olympic Training Center, you could do it, Adam. Oh, maybe, maybe I should go there. <laughs> so, <laughs> you should, bro. Let's go there together, man. I, I'm, I'm, going, man. I know some of the coaches, Brent Metcalf and guys like that over there. I know those guys, man. Jesus. Let's go, just. So, um, but what about this guy, Sean Strickland? He's 18 and 1. I don't know much about him, uh, but he's eighteen and one. That's pretty good. Good record. He has a win who over. He beat Tom Breeze, uh, Alex Garcia. He beat Luke Barnott, a fight that I thought he lost. He beat Bubba, Bubba McDaniel, who I think is my uh, Uber driver now. Uh, so, I, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I think Camaro beats uh, beats Sean Strickland. I do. Think he wins that fight? Yeah, um, he probably will. That kid, all he, all he does is jab. He's tall. He's not very good against guys that pressure fight him. You know, he has to be the nail. He can't, or he has to be the hammer. He can't be the nail. So, you know, I don't know. It's it's really just a, a showcase of the the guys that are like the gatekeepers. You know, on the outside, so they're not relevant really. All right, Pat Cummings, Jan Blachowicz. Uh, I gotta go with Cummings, man, for the wrestlers, man. He's gonna hold it down for the wrestlers and get it done. Yeah, I like Pat Cummings, man. I remember when he was living with Mayhem yeah. uh, at Mayhem's <laughs> house, and, and he had just gotten out of jail uh, for stealing stuff at Penn State, uh, coming back and robbing co- college kids or something. What? He went to jail for a year with Eric Bradley, and then he came out, and then he lives with Mayhem. I think he, I think living with Mayhem was worse than jail. <laughs> 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 But I, uh, I, I like Pat Cummings too. And then uh, how's, how's Mayhem doing? He's doing better. Uh, I actually posted that I need a, I need someone to cat and dog sit. And Mayhem's like, I'll do it. I'm like, you out of your fucking mind? That's all I. Need. I would only do that if I wanted this place to blow up. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> uh, well, you know, May, when when Mayhem's in, in, in like the gym, he's doing great. I mean, he's got a huge heart. And he's a guy that drove two hours one time. It's funny, he actually drove two hours to talk to the, my wrestling team that I coach and give him like a motivational speech. Oh, awesome. Yeah, but then like the next year oh, he's on the news. Uh, uh, <laughs> there's a fucking SWAT team looking for him the next year. Uh, and I, I, all I could think about was like the parents. I was like, this is the guy that motivated my kids to wrestle? Like, uh, I was like, oh shit, maybe that wasn't the right guy. <laughs> That's so funny. Maybe not the best. Maybe not the best for a model. No, but you know, Mayhem. Uh, Mayhem's an, he's an OG, and yeah, I, yeah. I I have to get his lawyer because he's gotten out of like fifty things. 
that other people would have gotten arrested for and put away. I mean, the fact that he had a SWAT team looking for him, uh, and it was on L- KTLA with helicopters because he barricaded and didn't do any fucking jail time. Like, who the fuck is ripping? I mean, he must have dirt on every judge in California or something. But uh, so, uh, and then uh, uh, my girl Caitlin Chuk again. Uh, she's fighting Irene Aldana. You know, you know Caitlin. Uh, she's really cute. She's, she trains out in uh, at like Sarah Longo, Pennsylvania. She's hot. She's got a great ass. Mm. Uh, and um, oh, nice. yeah, and she's an, actually a pretty cool chick. She lost to Liz Carmouche, but it was a good fight actually. Uh, UFC 200, and she beat Lauren Murphy. Okay. So, um, what about you? Any, okay, nice. Any any new women in your life? Uh, you know, uh, I can't talk about that right now, but. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm chilling, man. You know, I'm so, I'm focused on my dreams, my goals, you know, so. I like how, like, you, how you'll call, like, the fucking baddest people in the world pussies, but I go, you have a girlfriend? I can't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, anybody else, like, yeah, yeah, man, I'm fucking this one or that one. Uh, hey, what do you think about this guy? Are you crazy, that guy? But fucking Kamaro Usman, you're calling a pussy. The guy looks like fucking the you know 37 <laughs> greek gods combined but but your girlfriend you're afraid of like wh- what's going on uh, uh, i mean i haven't found the one yet you know i mean that's just it you know are you on tinder and bumble or no fuck no dude i don't do tinder or any of that bullshit fucking matchmaker shit i'm not that's just weird to me man i'd rather be in the gym training you know and if something happens something happens if not it doesn't Whatever's meant to be is meant to be. Yeah, but you're listen. You're a college athlete. You must. You were John Jones' roommate in college, and all you guys did back in the in Iowa was bang townies and like and and actually beat up townies and like fuck their girlfriends and like fuck girls on farms and stuff. Uh, now you're in. Uh, now you're in Miami, which is the, the hottest Cuban asses in the world. You're not telling me that you're not running through some of that. I mean, I'm enjoying life, you know. I'm thinking it one day at a time, you know. It's the journey to the gold belt, Adam. That's what it's all about, you know. You got to have fun. You got to enjoy life, so you know. Well, you're right there, man. People, people are starting to realize, man. I know. I look as a comic who I feel like I'm in a similar place that you are in my comedy career where I'm like, I'm fucking killing every night. People are coming to me being like, dude, that was the funniest you should have ever seen. Why aren't you on this? Why aren't you on that? And I'm fucking every night. People are like, I don't want to follow you. I don't want to follow you. I'm not following you. And I go out there and I fucking give it 100% and I'm getting standing ovations in fucking Reno or some fucking podunk town and then I'm watching this one having that, <laughs> like I'm driving past fucking Eliza Schlesinger's billboard going, what the fuck? And I hear you. But I'm telling you what I tell myself is that eventually when you're the best, if, if you're the best, people will ha- doors will have to open. And you're getting there, Colby. Yeah. You're fucking getting there. Uh, the people will realize it because you're, you're, you're a monster. Uh, what's his name? Brian Barbarena is a tough motherfucker. Uh, that's a guy who beat Warley Alves. He fucking, you know, obviously ran through Sage Northcutt and everything else. He hadn't lost in like, a long time, and, and 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 you beat him up. I mean, you're 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 right there, dude. Sure. It's just people people event the people are eventually going to realize it. So I realize it, Colby. <laughs> I appreciate that, bro. No nope. support means everything, man. No Thanks problem. On the show again. Of course, we're gonna get you back on the show soon, Colby. You're the man. Have a great weekend. 
All right, Adam. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, guys. Take care, brother. All right. That was Colby Covington. I fucking love that guy. How rare is it to actually get a funny MMA fighter? Oh, he's <laughs> How rare is that? He's, he, that dude's fucking hilarious. Yes. He's a good dude, too. He is. You can have him in studio. But he lives in, what, Florida? Florida. That's the fucking problem. Oh, but we're, wait, listen. We're having a new studio mid, mid-April. mid Here's some big news, people. We got a new studio. Four cameras shoot each podcast. Four cameras. Going to be on YouTube. Going to be edited. We're having people getting behind it. We're, they're going to promote it. We're fucking... Uh, things sponsors. Are, things, yeah. are, things are coming together. Uh, and we'll be able to do Skype, like the MMA Hour or whatever else, these things. Yes. And so the good news is that people listening, you're going to be like our OG audience and be like, holy shit, I was there back when fucking those guys had nothing. So uh, uh, <laughs> while you're at it, you could be eating. What do you want to be eating? Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. They achieve this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. They've established partnerships in over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S. And as a result, their seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Yes, healthy seafood. Beef, chicken, and pork come from responsibly raised animals. Okay, unlike you, Joe, who's not a responsible race animal. Blue Apron can be delivered to 99% of the continental U.S. and 99.5% of food desserts. So, because they ship the exact amount of each ingredient required of each recipe, they're reducing food waste. We're not wasting food. Okay, so I'm telling you, cooking together, they build strong family bonds, and uh, you could uh, spend a lot, you a lot of time, spend a lot of times money at restaurants or at high energy, high end grocery chains. They can now spend under ten dollars per person for a delicious meal. So check them out. It's affordable. They got variety, flexible. It's easy, and it's guaranteed, guaranteed freshness. That every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook, or they'll make it right. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash MMA roast. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home cooked meals with Blue Apron. Don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash MMA roast. And listen, people, I want you guys to have money. So I'm here to talk to you about the boatload of money you can make this week betting at mybookie.ag. If you haven't checked them out, it's the perfect time to get in the action. March Madness is here. Lay down some money and score big on college hoops. Join me and thousands of online players at mybookie.ag. Are you sick of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? I sure am. Join mybookie. I only recommend a service that's been good to me and our listeners. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. Join now at mybookie. We'll match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. That's right. If you win $100, you get an extra. No, if you join with $100, you get an extra $50 to play with. Use promo code MMA50 to activate your offer. Call them, 1-844-900-BETS. Play, win, and get paid. What else are we talking about? Well, like I said earlier, there's a lot of fights that have just been recently made, but there's one fight coming up that for some reason just does not make sense, and that is Derek Lewis versus Mark Hunt. You know what I'm saying? I think they want Hunt to get beat up so bad he forgets he's doing the UFC. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing that I can think of. Exactly. Um, at the same time, this is a winnable fight for Mark Hunt. Uh, well, every fight is a winnable fight for Mark Hunt when you mm-hmm. have the power that Mark Hunt has. Um, I think he could beat Derek Lewis. He, he's got insane power. But, man, Mark, I was at the Mark Hunt Overeem fight. I was second row. Yes. And it was the loudest thing I've ever heard 
uh, it was like a Metallica concert. That knee from Overeem was just boom. And watching Hunt on the ground like that, Mark Hunt has been through so many wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, more wars than fucking Canada, the U.S. Uh, I mean, he's 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 like the, so many wars, man. Mm-hmm. It's fucking and but the Beast got knocked out by Mitrione. I think Hunt hits harder than Mitrione. He can catch him. The Beast isn't exactly the smartest fighter out there. With those uh, leg kicks. I mean, he's not the smartest <laughs> fighter out there. Uh, he does things that. Uh, technically wrong, but gets away with it because of his power. Uh-huh. But he could also go out there and just knock Mark Hunt out, I think. Although every time Mark Hunt gets knocked out, it seems like it's with a kick or a knee. I don't know if he ever has ever got punched out, knocked out with a punch. Maybe I'm sure he has. I'm sure one of you MMA nerds is gonna fucking hit me up, be like, "Dude, just so you know, in fucking UFC negative 720, he got knocked." I mean, okay, so save it if he has. I don't think he has. He's got a fucking massive chin. I mean, <laughs> that's the point. Can Derek Lewis hurt him? I don't know. Lewis does seem to knock people out, but he seems like he does it with an accumulation of punches. He doesn't, yeah. I don't know, have that same one-punch knockout that Mark Hunt has. I don't believe. But he hits fucking hard, and he's on the up, and Hunt's on the way down. And I feel bad that Mark Hunt is going to make this fight. At the same time, Hunt goes out there, knocks out Derek Lewis in one fucking minute, and all of a sudden, we're everyone talking about Mark Hunt again. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the same Mark Hunt that lost five in a row. Before he like won five in a row. So he's one of those dudes that can end fight quickly. So maybe the fight doesn't make perfect sense, Joe. Maybe it does. Maybe it does. Because any fight where I'm like, eh, I don't know who's going to win, makes sense. That's true. The fights where I'm like, oh, this dude's going to murder him, and usually that's what happens, make no sense. But this is not a bad fight. Another fight is Johnny Hendricks, Tim Bosch. Uh, that just got made yep. for UFC o- Oklahoma City, which is the day after my wedding. It kind of sucks because I kind of wish that I... It doesn't suck. I'm getting married. But there's a comedy (laughs) club in Oklahoma City that I would like to uh, do that date with because I do the loony bins. But, you know, so be it. Um, That being said, I think Hendricks wins this fight. Me too. I think he's got better stand-up than Tim Bosch, better wrestling. uh, And he looked great against Lombard. I mean, looked great against Lombard. Bosch did beat Lombard, but I think that... Hendricks could knock him out, especially Fat Hendricks. Fat Hendricks is a lot scarier than Rip Hendricks. You think so? Yes, yes. When he was fucking people up, he had that big, stupid gut, and that's when he was on his tear. That's when he knocked out um, Martin Campman and John Fitch and these other guys. When he started going on Weight Watchers and looking like a fucking Rip motherfucker is when he actually was worse. Certain guys are like that. You know, body type doesn't necessarily mean lead to good fighting. Mm-hmm. You wish it did, but that's not the way it works. Sage Northcutt would be the champion for the rest of his life if that was the case. <laughs> I mean, Sage Northcutt has these legs that I've never seen on a, a human being. I mean, he's a, he looks like a bodybuilder. And Brian Barbarena looks like my local pot dealer, you know? <laughs> and Brian Barbarena finished Sage Northcutt. So it doesn't go by body type. Mm-hmm. It just does not the way it goes. Um, you know? Uh, it's like with chicks. Sometimes you, you meet a chick and you're like, this chick's going to be amazing in bed. I remember I once picked up an a, a, a exotic dancer at a, a strip club in Vegas and she had been on TV before on a reality show that 
may have starred Brett Michaels. And I'm like, you know what? This is going to be the best sex I've ever had. This is going to be it. This is going to be the fucking, this is, we're going to hang from the chandelier and I'm going to get <laughs> fucking an upside down blowjob and I'm going to get this. She's got, she was all tatted up, big fucking titties and, and, and everything, everything pointed to this is going to be the freakiest sex I've ever had. Yes. She laid there like a fucking starfish. Uh, it was awful. A starfish? A starfish. It was, it was horrible. And she laid there and went, ow, ow, you're too big, right? Which happens when you're me. Okay, but that's what happened. It was awful. It was fucking horrendous. And uh, she had the body type and the look and the occupation of someone that you thought was going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. And maybe it was me. Okay, maybe, maybe she says I sucked in bed, but I don't think so because I know me and I didn't suck in bed that night. Uh, I have there are times that I'm better than others, but, but whatever. I'm not blaming me on this one because I'm me and I like to fucking stick up for myself because no one else is. So uh, that being said, then there's girls where you're like, eh, she just does. She looks like she she's had sex once or twice before or three times, and mm-hmm. you know, and eh, she just doesn't have that look and no tattoos or piercings or never had a tongue ring or you know, just eh, long term. Boyfriend and all all odds, she's an accountant or something, or right. you know, a secretary at a fucking law firm. This is gonna suck, and you're just your your fucking dick has experienced things and never stuck. That's the way it goes. Yeah. So I don't know what it is. What do you think it is about a girl who like maybe she's not the prettiest girl, boring job, boring life, but when it comes to the bedroom, she's a dirty freak. Sometimes you just have more to prove. Yeah. Uh, some uh, I don't know sometimes there's other stuff involved. I think. That girl might have been on muscle relaxers or something. The, yeah. like the first one. I mean, but sometimes there's other factors. Uh, you can't tell. You can't always tell. Mm-hmm. And, and and for the most part, chicks in the um, sex industry or the the stripping industry or whatever, the cocktail waitresses are usually fucking pretty good out there. The Vegas girls. Yeah, it's just you get an aberration here or there. But so I'm just saying, body tape doesn't always matter. And I don't even know why the fuck we got in this conversation. <laughs> we somehow conversation. went into Sage Northcutt, but that's uh, that's what I'm saying. Um, anyway, but you know, look, I uh, my girl uh, I mean, satisfies me like times fifty. I've never been with a uh, uh, she. She beats all of them, honestly. That's great, and, I'm, and hopefully you guys don't know that. Okay, but but, <laughs> but she's she's a she's the perfect amount of freak, classy, sweet. I I I, I cannot be happier. And when you find that person, listeners, marry that fucking person, okay? Because sometimes they're hard to come by, someone that you just connect with, for you. It's all different for you, mm-hmm. you know? Sometimes girls could just be too good. It's, it's too much. They could do too, you could have people that do too much. There was one chick in college that was like, I'm going to give you the best blowjob ever. I was like, fuck yeah, you know? She goes out there, and she puts cream all over my dick, and starts blowing me, and the cream's not edible. So she's just fucking gagging. Like shaving cream? No, like like lotion. But oh. it wasn't. And I'm like, at the time, <laughs> I thought it was a great idea. I don't know. I was lying there. I thought she knew what she was doing. She was fucking throwing up, hurling the fucking cream in the bathroom. And I had to like hold her head. Uh, I almost had to take her to the fucking ER. She swallowed a bunch of fucking cream that wasn't edible. And I was jerking off because I don't want to waste the cream. But, but <laughs> it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter, okay? You get the point. Sometimes you can, you can do too much. There's too much you can do out there, people. Oh my god, <laughs> that sounds terrible. Terrible, man. Anyway, all right. So uh, another fight that's been made is uh, uh, a girl I like uh, from Australia, Jessie 
on the, on the OKC card. Um, talk to me. On the Oklahoma City card, okay, I, thought I, was, I was thinking OK Cupid. No, no, yeah, on the OK Cupid card, it's yeah. uh, it's it's uh, her versus Match dot com. No, the OKC <laughs> UFC card. The the girl uh, who's actually cute. Um, I know Felice Hare got a. Fight. Is it Felice Justine Kish? Right, she's fighting Felice. Maybe I know that that's probably it. Is she, she blonde? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a cool chick too. She, I actually hung out with her. Really cool, like out there, like it's weird. But uh, she was on the Ultimate Fighter. No, I think she's 135 and didn't make weight. Or maybe she was 115 and didn't make weight. Um, yep, Felice Herrick versus Justine Kish. That's a good fight. That's a good fight right there. Uh, Justine's inactive. And uh, I think she was like homeless when I met her. She was like staying, I don't know, on a fucking couch or something. But uh, she's a good fighter. Uh, and cool chick. And so is Felice. Although Felice is so funny, man. Like I follow Felice on Instagram. And all she does all fucking day is she's like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm doing my toes or something. I'm, I'm painting my toenails. Mm-hmm. And she sets the fucking the phone up and puts it on thing. And then she just watches. You would watch her do her toes or knit or put a, try on bikini suits. But doesn't answer anybody. People are saying, hey, Felice, what's going on? Doesn't even look at the comments. That's pretty fucking annoying. At least when you do Instagram Live or, or Facebook Live, talk to the fucking people. Right. Or have something like, okay, I'm at a concert you maybe would want to see. Or I'm at an event. Or I'm at a fight. Don't just do, like, hey, watch me paint my fucking toenails. And every comment's like, you're so hot. Or, oh, my God. Or, do you do porn? Or, hi, Felice. And then me going, want to come on the podcast? Or whatever it is. <laughs> but, motherfucker, it's so annoying watching this. I'm like... This, anyway, okay, so uh, Justine is on a – she's actually – her record is 6-0. and She beat Ashley Yoder. She beat Nina and Saroff, who looked great in her last fight. Uh, she beat Randa Marcos. She, she's – yeah, she's – one of these girls that wins fights does not win them pretty, uh, but wins. And Felice looked amazing in her last fight. She looked really good mm-hmm. uh, against that uh, Mexican chick. Uh, that I thought that beat Heather, that I thought everyone thought that Felice was going to lose that fight. Was Alexa she, Grasso? Yeah, she killed Alexa Grasso. Beat Alexa Grasso. So, and beat Kylie and Karan. So, Felice, but anyway, Felice's Instagram is so fucking annoying. It's like, <laughs> and it, 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 it bothers, I don't know why this bothers me. Because Instagram I, I'm on it. Yeah, yeah, I'm on it for like a minute and then I tune off because I'm like, what am I doing? I, I, I have a real girl. I want to watch a. I could watch my girl do her fucking toenails. I wouldn't even watch my girl do her toenails in, my, in the room. I'd go do something else. Why am I going to go on Instagram Live and, and, and not talk, see what's in front of me in the real world and watch some chick in her fucking closet do her toenails while, while playing some fucking whack-ass music? <laughs> anyway. That's so funny. I know. She All is right. hot. She is hot. She's a, a very attractive girl. And, and cool. Actually a cool chick. Actually fun. Right. Fun girl. Have you ever been with a girl that muscular? Uh, I did have one chick that uh, was that was close, not as muscular as Felice, but close. And it was weird because she gave me a, a blowjob, and I all I could do was look at her muscle. Like, like I mean, it felt great, but it felt like uh, like the grip was stronger than my grip when I jerk off. <laughs> I wasn't used to that strong of a grip, and, and then I'm like, holy shit! I wish my arms looked like that. And it kind of fucked with me a little bit, but right? Of course, but of course, it was a great blowjob. Every Every blowjob that a guy gets is always the best blowjob he ever gotten, unless it's really bad. Right. And there's really no such thing as a bad blowjob. I mean, some girls are better than others. 
Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Some people have really good technique at it, but uh, you know, I'm sure guys have good technique as well. But some girls have, you know, I think guys have better techniques than girls. Uh, how would you know this? Because you know, like a girl knows like what or a vagina feels like. That's why they say girls give the best head to other girls, right? Uh-huh. So I think a guy would be. Right, so keep you also watch gay porn too, right? I've I've watched my fair share of gay porn, yeah, but. All right. So anyway, uh, uh, things coming up. I, I have uh, a show this weekend in San Diego at the Comedy Palace. San Diego at the, uh, the Comedy Palace this Friday and Saturday. Uh, then next uh, Wednesday night, I'm at the Dime Bar Monday and Tuesday. Next Wednesday at the Hollywood Improv. Uh, Myrtle Beach, April 5th to the 8th at the Carolina Comedy Club. Myrtle Beach, Kansas City, Missouri. Stanford and Sons. That's the UFC fight week that's there April 13th. To April 15th, uh, Stanford and Sons, and the Looney Bin in Tulsa, Oklahoma, April 26th to the 29th. Uh, so what do you have coming up, Joe? This month, March 30th, I have a show at Flappers in the YooHoo Room. Come on down. It's at 9.30. Come on. We'll have some fun. It's my 21st birthday celebration show. It's going to be crazy. And then this weekend, I'm at Las Vegas. I'll be at Treasure Island. Come find comedy? Me. Well, probably not, but... <laughs> I, I did comedy at the South Point. I love the South Point casino. Yeah. That's my favorite place to do comedy in Vegas because it's the only place I've done comedy in Vegas. But that's what's up. Follow me on Twitter at Ween Dog, uh, at the Ween Dog. Same thing on Instagram, the Ween Dog. Follow me on uh, YouTube, Ween Dog TV. I have a new vlog. It's called the Ween Vlog. Nice. Yeah, I had a. I had one for my birthday, and I'm gonna do one this weekend in Vegas. Now, and also, fans of the show, if you want uh, uh, to bring, if you come to Joe's show, bring him gay porn. So yeah. uh, hand, hand him gay porn. Preferably tranny porn. Really? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not gay if it's a tranny. It's still gay. If there's a pe- if the guy has a penis or the girl has a penis. Uh, all right. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is. This is all right. Listen, thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, thank you, Colby Covington. Thank you, uh, Dre the Bull. Uh, we'll hopefully hear from you guys soon. Bye.